now 7 p.m. and time to begin our service. We will be muting all of you and ask that you remain muted throughout the service. We begin our time together with a prelude. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's Christmas Eve Zoom service. My name is Gordon Ritchie, 
and I will be your service leader this evening. I would like to acknowledge and express my thanks to our Zoom volunteers, Andrew Mills, Corley Cairns, Susan Rattan, Ruth Marriott, Gloria Cranbrecht, and Karen Belita. Whether you have been a part of our congregation for decades, or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever your faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you. I especially welcome any visitors who are with us tonight invite you to join us for conversation once our service has ended. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a liberal, religious, multi-generational community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritual questing individuals joining common support and action. We welcome diversity, pursue the common good and work for justice. We believe in the compassion of the individual heart the warmth of community, and the search for meaning in our lives. We gather with gratitude this evening on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all our children. May we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar of humanity. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings, but are connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to each other. Our opening words will be read by Coralie Cairns. No one is ever really ready for Christmas. If we were really all prepared, if every gift we had contemplated had been obtained, if every present was beautifully beribboned, if all the goodies our friends deserve were baked and cooled and stored just so, if each and every person we love was gathered for our celebration, if we never snapped at someone we cared about nor stopped short of being all that we could be, if our minds were 100% loving and our hearts were 100% generous, they would truly be ready. And truly, we would not need Christmas quite so much. So come Christmas, most needed of seasons. Come with the reminder that love does not depend on perfection, but on willingness to risk connection. Come into the unready manger of our hearts that we may feel the warmth of new life and give flesh to the promise of hope that cries to bring healing into our world. Come Christmas. Come love. Come hope. Be born into our unready hearts on this silent and holy night. Our first hymn this evening is one of my all-time favorites, In the Bleak Midwinter, with mics muted, please sing along with the words on your screen.
A flame within a chalice is the primary symbol of the Unitarian Universalist faith tradition. We light our chalice this evening with the words by Lisa Rubin. Let us be still in the darkness of our sacred space and listen to the quiet around us. For even in the quiet of our community, there is a gentle being with others. Let us feel the warmth of our community, knowing we are not alone. For in the quiet shadow is the glow of life within all. Let us know in the darkness the gift each candle bears, a small flame, a diminutive light, yet the wondrous gift to kindle another's glow. Let us be in awe at this moment as we each take up the flame and the light envelops this room as hope for peace and goodwill fill this night. So may it be. Over the past four Sundays, we have been preparing ourselves for this evening by lighting the candles on our Advent wreath. In doing so, we've used the words of Megan Dowdell who writes, we light one candle for each week of Advent. So to remind us that the light of these candles guides us toward personal peace, shared joys of the season, and opportunities to build love in our church and in the larger world. I would like to take a moment to remind us of the candles that we have already lit. The first candle is a symbol of hope and expectation. May it bless us with the creative power of hope as we express our intention for peace in all its forms and open our hearts to transformation. The second candle is a symbol of our longing for peace. We bring our hopes into the world when we practice peacemaking. May we strive to create lasting peace. The third candle is a symbol of joy that cannot be contained and must be shared. This joy leads to strength and the ability to be transformed. May we practice joy throughout our words, our music, and the way we live our lives. The fourth candle is the ultimate one that calls us to love one another and all living creatures on this earth. It is a time of being born, of being renewed in every way. We come into this life for a reason. When we find that reason, we should never be discouraged from the fulfillment of it. The time for waiting is past. We are ready to hear the call to life to celebrate the coming year with anticipation. Like the newborn child, we have the future before us. It is ours to accept and embrace. Tonight, we add a fifth candle, the Christ candle. Some traditions light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve while others on Christmas day. This evening, we light our center candle with the words of Dan Lambert. We gather together on this Christmas Eve as fellow sojourners looking for light, for hope, for peace, and for love. 
we gather as people from many backgrounds, many faiths, many cultures and spiritual paths. But as we light this candle, we gather as one body looking to the, the nativity for its message to all humanity. It's a message that there is light, there is hope, there is peace, there is love. Once upon a time, a baby was born. Even before that baby was born, there were people waiting and wishing and hoping for that baby. The people who were waiting and wishing and hoping for that baby didn't know exactly what that baby would be like. And so they wondered, would the baby have a smile so warm that it would melt the coldest snow and ice? Would the baby have a voice so strong that it would shake the very mountains? Would the baby be so courageous that it would be comforted and all would be comforted even during the most ferocious storms? Would the baby show the world so much love that peace would settle into the most hardened hearts? But even as they asked these questions, as they imagined what the baby might be like, the people who were waiting and wishing and hoping for the baby already believed that the baby would indeed have a warm smile, a strong voice, a courageous spirit, and a loving heart. And they weren't wrong. When Jesus was born, his tiny body was wrapped up to keep out the cold. He was laid down on straw in a trough that was used to feed animals inside of a barn. His young parents, proud and exhausted, had been forced to take a long journey far from home. Jesus's parents were two of the people who had been waiting and wishing and hoping for him to be born. But there were people who had been waiting and wishing and hoping for Jesus to come. These people saw hurt and suffering in the world and they believed that this new baby, Jesus, could use his voice to spread the message of love and peace. And they knew it would take courage for him to do so. But Jesus wasn't the only baby that people have waited and wished and hoped for. People also waited and wished and hoped for you. Once upon a time, you were born. But even before you were born, there were people waiting and wishing and hoping for you. But those people who were wishing and waiting and hoping for you didn't know exactly what you would be like. And so they wondered, would you be kind? Would you be brave? Would you show love? Would you spread peace and joy? But even as they asked these questions, as these people who were waiting and wishing and hoping for you imagined what you might be like, what kind of person you might grow up to be, they already believed you would be the kind and brave and loving and that you would spread peace and joy in our world. They knew that you would help ease the suffering and hurt in the world and that you would speak out against violence and oppression and they weren't wrong.
It was getting dark and the weary travelers needed a place to sleep. It's almost 70 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem and Joseph and Mary were making the long journey that was required of them in order to pay taxes to the Roman Empire. It was a long journey for everyone, but Mary was feeling each mile a bit more than some as she was about to give birth, and she was, oh, so tired. But there was a blessing. One of their neighbors in Nazareth had offered them a donkey for her to ride on. Kindness can make any journey a bit easier. The trip to Bethlehem wasn't the only journey they were on. Mary and Joseph were on that exciting sometimes nerve-wracking journey toward parenthood. It had been nine months since the angel Gabriel had appeared to Mary, asking her if she would carry this child, this son of God. Here I am, she had said, let it be with me. And so, with her consent, which is hopefully how all children come to be, Mary was pregnant. And there was another blessing, her dear sweet Joseph, who believed her, who had faith in her and in God. Faith can help when times are confusing and difficult. And there in Bethlehem, this young couple was blessed with generosity, a place to stay. They were given space to rest until their baby was born. It wasn't fancy, but it was warm and safe. Out on the fields, there were shepherds watching over their sheep. It is said that angels came announcing that a child was born. Now, I guess that shepherds don't always feel important. 
they might not always remember that they matter, especially when they're out on the fields at night. But on that night, there was a blessing. The angels came and sang. And they not only felt hope hearing of the birth of this little baby, but they also remembered at least for that night that they were each precious. And a new star rose in the heavens, telling of the birth of one who would bring a message of peace, who would bring change, who would be called a king. Far away, wise ones heard of the star. They went to King Herod to tell him that a new king had been born. Herod was jealous and afraid of what a new king might mean. So he sent them to find the baby. And though the stories say that they traveled to find him, there was a blessing. The wise ones felt compassion for this family and they chose not to tell King Herod what they had seen. And as Jesus was held and rocked and snuggled and fed and sung to, there was a blessing of love and wonder. There they were, all the people and animals gathered around a new baby, caring for him and for one another, resting in that amazing love. Over 2000 years later, we recall the story of Jesus' birth and of his life and teachings. And there is a blessing, a possibility of a better world. This possibility arises when we remember that we are all connected when we choose kindness, faith, generosity. When we remember that each one of us matters. The possibility for a better world happens when we practice compassion, when we allow our hearts to be changed by love and wonder. This Christmas and every day, may we be touched by such blessings and share with them, share with all those you meet. It is our custom as Unitarian Universalists to take some time during our service to acknowledge the joys, sorrows, celebrations, and concerns that affect not only our personal lives, but also our global community. Using the chat icon on your screen, I invite you at this time to type a brief personal thought that is on your heart. As you do so, we will listen to a piece of music.
May these moments of quiet lead us to the heart of the season, which is peace. May we breathe deeply of peace in this quiet place, relax into its warmth, know we are safe here, and let us open our hearts to the evening story. Like the wandering couple, may we find that our greatest trials issue forth from our greatest joys. Like the harried innkeeper, may we find ways to be of help to others. Like the lumbering beasts, may we be silent witnesses to the unfathomable glory of life. Like the shepherds on the hill, may we know that we need never be afraid. Like the journeying wise, may we always have the courage to follow our stars. Like the angels, may we cry peace to a troubled world. Holy One, to these prayers for our own transformation, we add our prayers for all of those who suffer and grieve this night. May they find comfort. And we add our prayers for all those involved in war. May they be safe. And may this season of peace and goodwill nudge our world toward its ideals. For then will Christmas truly dawn. Amen. Our homily this evening is We Have an Old Story to Tell by Gretchen Haley. Calling all who cannot wait any longer for joy, for hope, for some good news, even a little. The time has come. The waiting is over. Here in this time, we have an old story to tell. One that has been shared over and over for thousands of years. But still somehow it remains unheard. Still radical and risky breaking through into these days of darkness and cold, division and fear, interrupting our perpetual stories of violence and loss and the feelings of powerlessness into the errands and errors of our everyday. Christmas arrives not only to comfort, but to awaken, to reassure, and also to stir us up as a new life, a life of peace and justice and courageous love struggles to be born. Wondering if we'll, we will yet be the ones to make room in our lives and in our world for the refugee, the poor, the plain and messy sweetness of a newborn baby. If we will take the journey to Bethlehem, if we will be changed by the presence of a love that meets us where we are in the fields, wherever we lay, and calls us forth into a new journey, a braver and bolder life, believing that it is not too late for strong and gentle people to win, for compassion and truth to have the final say, for the bright light of hope to shine through even on the darkest night. Come, let us celebrate the good news of Christmas.
one wonderful way to celebrate is to sing. Our next hymn is Angels We Have Heard on High. With mics muted, please sing along with the words on your screen. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have, in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and to offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support please visit the website at uce.ca to find the donation method that best suits you. I remind you that if you normally donate to the church by check in December, then please remember to put your payment in the mail so that it is postmarked before the 31st of the month. The church office is now closed until after the new year, and if you try to drop checks off at the church, they will not be accepted in this taxed year. As Canvas Chair, I want to thank everyone for your donations to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton in 2020. Thank you for supporting the work of our church. For the month of December, we also encourage you to support RISE, Reconciliation in Solidarity Edmonton. Please visit their website at risedmonton.ca for more information about them and to donate. Thank you.
source of all gifts, giver of all peace, on this silent and holy night, we celebrate once again our deep faith that this venture we call existence is not meaningless, is not hopeless. We celebrate once again that though the world is mired in war and hatred, prejudice and greed, the human family was always meant for better things. As the earth yields to the cold of winter, as our bodies yield to the tiredness of night, as our skepticism yields to the joy of this season of family, friends, and fellowship, the world will one day yield to the power of love. For the light of love, our lived and embodied love, shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. God, whose other name is love, on this silent and holy night, rekindle in us a curious wonder about how love's light comes to birth in, with, and among us. Rekindle our childlike excitement about how that newborn love might grow and change, challenge and transform us and the world around us. Just as a single flame recalls the noonday sun, may our time in worship this silent and holy night remind us ever of the power of almighty love. Love that we so often have no room for. Love always born fragile and vulnerable. Love endangered by cynicism and apathy. Love nurtured and reared by human care. Love willing to give up being liked for what is right. Love that speaks truth to power. Love that risks even life itself to insist that truth. Truth that everyone is a sacred gift. Truth that everyone bears the image of God. Truth that the light of the world shines through us all. These and all things we pray for love's sake. Amen.
spirit of life and love, together we know this is a holy night. It is a holy night because we are here together, joined in our common humanity, listening to the words of the centuries old stories and familiar carols, recognizing that these are our stories too. We have been the frightened young couple whose lives are about to change forever through no intention of their own. We have known what, is, what it is like to not fit in, to be excluded, to be told there is no room at the inn for us. We too have been the shepherds who are stunned into silence by the awe of nature, fearful of what is being asked of them to do next. We are the wayfarers on a journey that has an ending that we do not know. But we also know the promise of looking into the eyes of a newborn child. We recognize the divine within that new life. Emmanuel, God is with us. We have known the excitement and the adventure of a shared new journey. We know that we cannot make it through this life alone. We pray that we too have visits from wise ones, angels who tell us not to be afraid, and those who bring us light in our darkest days to show us the way. We yearn for the promise of peace and everlasting love, and that the words of the carols may ring true in the bleak midwinter, in this world of pain. May our hearts be open. May love be born again. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Joy to the world, joy to the earth, peace on earth, goodwill to all. Silent night, holy night, may all be calm, may all be bright. We know together it is indeed a holy night. We are blessed to share it together. Amen. We extinguish our chalice with the words by Tom Shade. Moonlight shines down on a thick forest of evergreen trees dusted with snow. Night has fallen. Stars beckon in an indigo and velvet sky. Somewhere, a baby is being born. Tonight, the world lazes in a love of goodness, while glory streams from heaven. A far God is meeting us tonight, where we are. So be not afraid, and be of good cheer. We wish you each and all very Merry Christmas. The hopes and fears of all the years have been met. So rest beside the winding road and hear the angels sing. We conclude our service with a postlude, followed by a time fellowship.
will be setting up breakout rooms in a couple of minutes. So you will see an invitation to join the breakout room. And now you have three choices. You can accept the invitation and go to the breakout room. You can stay in the main room or you, you can ignore that invitation or decline that invitation and stay in the main room with Gordon Ritchie and I, or you can leave the meeting and go do something else. So when you get into the breakout room, you will have to unmute yourself in order to speak. 